truth be told. Glam, what up? Rain, what up? Yes, because let me tell you, I come on here looking homeless most of the time. So I was like, I cannot do that today. Oh I can't. I, I got to look good for my girl. What up, what up, what up? How are you guys? We I'm are amazing. Well. Thank you for asking. We are amazing. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to read a quick introduction, and then we're just going to go into... Um, what you're like, what you're working on right now, and then we can just ask a lot of, yo, y'all gonna leave my Hasidic, that Hasidic yo, Jew? Yes, is not letting you live those Hasidic bangs. <laughs> I like your you Hasidic Torah. I like it. I like it too. But now, I, you listen. Don't don't be coming out here saying this because you know. You Where your kosher plate at? You got your kosher plate. Where your kosher plate? Yeah, man. You can't be saying nothing about because. I know. Whoopi, right? Y'all see what happened to Whoopi? Y'all better be easy. Okay. So, for everyone um, on, please share the live. If you have any, again, if you have any friends who are starting businesses, looking to brand, looking to rebrand, please share this live. Um, Y'all gonna stop playing me the tour, but okay. Tamisha Duncan, my friend, my sister, is an award-winning speaker, international number one best-selling author, personal brand strategist, and brand positioning coach. She is best known for taking businesses and turning them into blazing hot brands, affectionately known as the Olivia Pope of branding. <laughs> Tamita helps entrepreneurs become known online. She creates a powerhouse brand that captivates the audience, build their tribe, and impact millions with the brand message. Just want to ask you before, so we could, so people know that you are credited. Where have you been seen? You've been on, come on, ABC, NBC. Like, come on out. All right. So, yes, I have been seen in a couple places. I've been featured in Forbes, um, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox. Um, I have spoken across the globe. And more importantly, though, I've helped thousands of entrepreneurs build their businesses, which means the most to me. Because if I can show you how to make some money for yourself and then you can create that legacy for your family, that's what really matters. Yes. Okay. Okay, now. All right. So let's talk about this branding. How did you start with branding? Because you've done a host of things. You know, yeah. I've known you since we've been children, but then, you know, you just went from one thing to one thing. How did you end up in just branding? So, um, <clears throat> Let's see, we, I got to condense this into a one minute story. But basically how it started, when I started on my entrepreneurial journey, um, I had actually started doing an event planning business. And so when I moved to Atlanta, because you know, we from the boogie down Bronx, um, I had came to Atlanta and I was determined that I wanted to do an event planning business. And what had happened was there were a lot of people that were asking me about my business and my brand. So I've always had a passion for branding and marketing 
you know me, I like to do creative stuff ever since I could even think, but I always felt like I needed to have some sort of degree. I didn't have a degree in marketing. I didn't know how to draw. So I never really pursued those things. I was just kind of like a passion, but I let my creativity show in the things that I was doing. So with my event planning business, I did my own website. Of course, I did my own branding. I started my own social media pages. And so a lot of event planners were coming to me and they was like, oh my God, who did your brand? It looks so great. And I was like, I did it. And so people started asking me, well, could you help me with my business? And so while I was a little hesitant, because again, I went back to, oh, I don't have a degree. I can't do this. My heart was pulling me in that direction. So I decided to embark on it. And I decided that I really wanted to help people uh, build their businesses, but not just necessarily create a website that looks good, but that doesn't say anything. Just because you have a great website doesn't necessarily translate into dollars, right? So that was really my focus. I didn't want to be known as a graphic designer. I really wanted to help people build their businesses and leverage who they were, their authentic self to come out and stand out in their marketplace. And so eventually other people was like, I'm not an event planner. I'm a lawyer. I'm not an event planner. I'm a chef. I'm this, I'm a that. Can you help me? And so at that moment, I just kind of opened up the doors to help all types of people, not just event planners. I closed down my event planning business. I do it, you know, as a hobby, but I don't do any event planning anymore. But now I simply focus on helping people build their brands. All right now. So name some of the books that you have written thus far. What is with these trick questions? You should have sent me a list of these questions. Too many, too many, too many. So I have a book. Um, I have a book with my husband Damien. Um, that's called The Escape Plan. Um, and that book was that book actually turned out to be a number one best-selling book. And so that book was like a passion of mine because I worked in corporate America for a very long time, and I didn't want to be in corporate America. I actually worked for the Coca-Cola Company for the C-level executives for over ten years. It was a big deal in my family because I didn't have a college degree. I didn't do any of those things. I'm a black girl from the Bronx, you know, working with these high-level white men in Atlanta, and um, but I wasn't happy, and so I had got to the point where I needed to make a decision and plan my escape from corporate America. That was a long and hard journey. And so I know that other people have are in that same space when they want to get out of their jobs and they want to start their businesses, but they don't really know how. So we wrote the escape plan together to help people create their own personal escape plan from corporate America. Um, I also have a book <clears throat> called Crush the Competition, um, How to Stand Out in a Saturated Market. I also have a book called The Instagram Bible, which teaches you how to navigate Instagram in an authentic way because you ain't got to be up there. If that's your thing to dance and learn skits and do choreography, go for it. But everybody is not that person, right? So you still want to be able to leverage yourself, your secret sauce online. So there's the Instagram Bible teaches you how to do that. Um, I have another book called The Brand Bible, which basically does the same thing, but specifically on helping you build your brand. Um, what else I got? I got a couple of other like um, journals um, and stuff like that, but those are my main like books. I'm actually working on another book that will be out in May. I can't say no more about it, but y'all look out for that one. I think you guys are going to really, really love that. It's like taking right. everything that I've been talking about and bringing it to one. So I'm going to go back to the Instagram Bibles. So Glare and I have seen to come across some rough patches on Instagram and uh, a couple of things that we've had have gotten liked. And so now we feel like we probably most likely are being shadow banned where we had a high, very high engagement <clears throat> um, with our page. Now it's, 
extremely starting to just drop. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking about how do we fix the Instagram page? How do we get back in good standings? Um, one of the things that I had mentioned to him is maybe kind of removing, I mean, we have like 8,000 posts, right? So kind of maybe like filtering and going through some of that stuff and removing it. And, but what would be your recommendation for us? anything like, like that's happening? That's not just happening to us. That's myself included um i used to get tons of engagement and you will see that engagement has shifted and that just happens you know at first i used to be so angry with instagram like why are they doing this to me but actually if you know how to work the system you can know how to make it work for you and actually get more quality people on your page so <clears throat> i mean i'll give you kind of some overall things of course i would have to look at your page to be as, as specific as possible um the fact that you have you know eight thousand posts doesn't mean anything you know we got pages that have thousands and thousands of things and people will scroll and archive and look at the previous things that you have what you want to make sure is whatever's on your page is in alignment with your brand right so if it's not in but if it is in alignment then i wouldn't touch it i would just leave it because actually showing that you have some history and showing that you've been in the game a little bit longer than most is going to look good for your page. I would focus um, for 2022, you really want to focus on building your engagement. And so, yeah, the algorithm seems to be a little bit off, right? But there are more people that are on the platform. And so Instagram is designed to keep people on their platform. So they have to navigate. What am I going to show you versus someone else? Because the same content that they may show me is not going to be content that keeps you on the platform. So it may feel like, oh, I'm not getting enough you know, engagement. But in actuality, they're kind of fine tuning it for the types of people that you interact with. But they're going to base their algorithm on the moves that you make. So that means you have to engage more on your page. You may not necessarily engage with other people, right? You post something, if somebody comments, you'll respond back, which you always wanna do, but you always wanna take some time too to go to other people's pages and like their stuff and comment on their stuff. And what that does is that, that causes an interchange between the two of you. If you want more of a certain type of person to interact on your page, go to those types of people's pages and interact with them. And usually, not all the time, but usually seven or eight times out of 10, that person is, if you comment, they most likely will respond back even with a thank you or a heart, right? Any engagement that they do back to you, Instagram looks at that and they're like, oh, okay, these two people like each other. So I'm gonna show Raina more of Tanisha's content and vice versa. And that's how you will get more of the right people. It might not be thousands of people, but those people are going to be more engaged with your content. They're going to consume it more. And the more people consume it, then Instagram is like, okay, this is good stuff that people want to see. Let me show their content to more people. And then the cycle just continues. So how, I, what, what would you recommend? I'm sorry, Glenn, you had a question. No, no, go ahead. I'm good. I'm, I'm listening. What would you recommend for like getting people to view your story? Because I, I know that <clears throat> in following you, you've always talked about like, doing stories, asking questions, getting people to do polls and things of that nature. But how do you get them to actually uh, go to your story? Because a lot of the times we may see, we I, I've noticed that we may get more engagement on the post as opposed to the stories. Mm -hmm. 
So one of the things that you can do inside of your post is encourage people to go wherever you want them to go. So if you if you know that you get more engagement in your post, then you tell people in your post. So maybe you give like an idea would be to give maybe like a snippet of something, right? But then you say, I share the full story, the full content, whatever, in my stories. Go to my stories to see blah, 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 right? So you want to redirect people to wherever it is that you want to go. That would be my best suggestion. But I would also say... Reels is what Instagram is pushing now. Stories has any type of video or quick interactive content is going to be like your post. While I do say you want to continue to do posts, especially if you're getting most of your engagement on posts, but posts at this stage has the least value in the totem pole, right? They want you to engage in video content. They want you to engage in Reels. Of course, they're trying to compete with TikTok. So they want to be as great as TikTok is. And they notice people's habits. They don't want to sit there and scroll up. People are not hitting and liking stuff like they used to. They want to be engaged with video content and quick stuff. They ain't got time to be sitting there watching 20 minutes of video. So maybe, and you can even do this in your reels. You can instruct people to go to your stories or go to your highlights to get something that would move them in the direction that you want to go. But you might also want to think about doing more reels to get more engagement. I've tested this where I've put something in my on my post. I created the same exact thing in my reels just to see the difference in engagement. I got less than 100 uh, likes on this particular post, and I probably got like 3,000 views on it in my reels. Now, everybody's not going to like it, but they're viewing it. And Instagram loves views more than they like likes. So try it. Wow. That's so Go ahead, Glenn. No, go ahead, Glenn. I was about to, what do you feel about smoke and mirrors? What do you feel about bots? What do you feel about buying followers and, and just making your page look aesthetic, look, looking like you're the best thing in the world since sliced bread? What do you, what do you, you think that's, that's a good thing or you think it's something that can come back to bite you? It's going to come back to bite you. It absolutely is going to come back to bite you. And I know it's hard for us because everybody's all about the way things look, right? <clears throat> and... We want to look popular. We want. We don't want our page to look like ain't nobody paying attention because people are creatures of habit. If they see that there's a lot of engagement on this page, they're going to automatically think, oh, this person is popping. Let me follow them. Let me like them. If you don't have a lot of engagement, then they like, oh, this person is whack or they're not serious or whatever, and they're going to move on. However, I will tell you, when you buy followers, the problem with buying followers is that followers do not, there's a couple of problems, but the main one is one they're not going to engage because they're not real. Or if they, if what people are doing now is they, there are real accounts, right? But they're accounts from people in third world countries. So they're not really your audience. They're not going to interact with your page. They're being paid to follow people like you. You know, people pay them and say, create X amount of accounts, give us access. We're going to set up our bot so that your page likes all of these other things, but they're not actively using that page. So you're not going to get engagement on your page, which means the algorithm can't has nothing to go off of if nobody's interacting with your stuff. And if nobody interacts with your stuff, Instagram is, they don't care how many followers you have. They're going to say, oh, this content isn't good. So we're not going to waste our time showing this on the platform because if somebody sees this, there's a chance they would be like, oh, I'm out of here. I'm going to go back and do whatever I was supposed to do. The second thing is people are very savvy right now. I can't tell you how many times I've seen a page that had 50,000 followers, 100,000 followers, but they got 12 likes on their posts. If you got 100,000 people Back. to follow you 
all 100,000 people are not going to engage with you, but you most certainly are going to have more than 20. Some of them are. Right? Exactly. So you can tell when somebody bought followers because they ain't got no likes, they ain't got no comments, they ain't got nothing. Somebody that's popping like that, your people are going to interact with you. So people can see, it's very obvious, at least to me, when you, when I can, I can always tell when somebody bought followers and likes. The third thing is, if you choose to leverage ads, which I suggest if people have the budget to do it, um, because you can really refine who you target. And one of the things about ads is that you can literally target people who have viewed your content, who have watched your reels, who have sent you DMs, who have liked your content. And if you ain't got no real people doing that, you can't leverage your dollars because they don't have anybody to show it to. But if you take the time, and it takes a lot longer than we want it to take, but if you just take the time, buckle down, engage, do the right things on your page, you will start to get more genuine people. And I always preach, I'd rather you have 100 people that are engaged in your stuff, that share your content, that buy your products and services, than 10,000 fake people or 10,000 people who don't do anything. That doesn't equal revenue. Yeah. I want the truth! Facts. <laughs> that scared me! Right, Truth be told does not buy followers. We have never bought a follower in our life. We have never even talked about buying followers. This question was for the people out there who are thinking about <laughs> followers. But <laughs> they feel like, oh, truth be no, we don't buy followers over here, baby. All right? Like, okay, great. <laughs> never that. Never you was that. Gonna, you was going to ask something, Glenn? No, no, no. I just said no followers. We don't buy them over here. So, so what do you think about now using, being that you said the reels, right? And then using that to, to, to send your tribe, right? As you'd like to call, our, we call our, our tribe our truth tellers. So we want to send our truth tellers where we want to send them, right? So another thing that we're simultaneously trying to do is build our YouTube channel. So would it be in our best interest to do like snippets of our lives, like the 30 seconds? and then say catch the rest on our YouTube channel? Or should we be posting the full live on our page? No, I think you should absolutely post a snippet. You want to give just enough to whet somebody's appetite to make them want to go to YouTube. Because if I can watch the whole thing here, now, and you mix it up. Sometimes you give because everybody's not going to want to be like, I got to leave here to go to YouTube. I don't want to do that. So you mix it up. You do a happy medium. But Sometimes you redirect people to YouTube if that's where you want to grow your audience and you give them just enough so that, you know, you stop it right where it's getting good. And it's like, oh, I got to go to YouTube now to hear the rest of this story. Mm. Yeah, I do that. Makes a lot of sense. So I want to talk about um, your known. Uh, it's, it's the what, what is it? The uh, it's a it's a it's a coaching program. Coaching program. <laughs> I couldn't get it out. Sorry. He's Hasidic. He's Hasidic. Uh, yeah, Hasidic um, bang is getting in the way. So, yes. Um, so let's talk about that, that, that coaching program. And what exactly is it like front to back? Because I know there are many people, okay, they're like, okay, she, she knows about Instagram. She knows about these things. She's, but what about her branding sticks out? And, and I want to talk about that known because there's so many people who have, um, have 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 done the coaching program and have have rave reviews about it. So I want you to talk about that. Thank you, friend. 
So my known program, that's my baby. That's my signature program. Um, it is a three-month coaching program where I work with you for 12 weeks in a group setting to help you become known online. And so the whole point of that is for people who you're that type of person where you've been in business, but you just feel like you, you have no way of really getting attention to your business right you're stuck you may have plateaued maybe you're trying to brand yourself but whatever it is it's just not sticking right you, you're not afraid to get your hands wet and try to figure out what you need to do next the problem is you're trying to bootstrap it yourself and you're trying to piecemeal things together and it's not cohesive you don't really know who you're talking to so you're getting all kinds of clients and a lot of them might be clients that you really don't want to work with but you take them because you need the money, right? But you really want to work with a high level type of client. You really want to figure out how to express your value to people. You want to learn a great content strategy. So how to leverage Instagram or whatever platform that you're using really to that's where you're going to get your audience from, right? And so inside of the known program, I take people through what I call my perfect party framework. Because I always say your brand should feel like a party and you are, you actually are the hostess with the mostest. But <laughs> what a fool. your brand should feel like a party, right? And so you're inviting people to your party or you're inviting people to your business. So how do you welcome your guests? So I take them through my, my uh, perfect party framework. So basically, first we start on the the theme of your party. You don't start a party without figuring out what your theme is. Same thing for your business. What is what is it that you want to be known for? When people think about you, they think about your business, they hear your name. What is it that you want to come to their mind? Not to say that you can't do other things, but you want to be known for something in your industry. So we work with that. Then the next part of that framework is now we need to set the mood. What's the ambiance for our party? You know what I'm saying? We got the theme. Now, how do we want it to feel? So that's the same thing. What's your brand voice? What's your brand personality? You need to have a personality within your brand. You treat your brand like it's a person, right? And so how, do we go, how are we going to connect with people and show people who we are? Because I find that a lot of times, especially when you're kind of stuck and you're trying to grow your business, you go and look at competitors that are doing the same things as you. You're like, okay, that's working for them. So I'm going to do the same thing. And it doesn't work for you, right? You got to find your own secret sauce. So that's what we work on, finding your own secret sauce. We're not doing what other people are doing because nobody wants a second-rate version of somebody else's original. You are the original sauce. And so we work and perfect on that. Then the next thing we do, we focus on your guest list. We only want A-listers at our party. So your guest list is are your dream clients, right? Who are we here to serve? And you want to be very specific because everybody is not your client. So we spend time working on who your dream clients are and how are we going to attract them to our party. And then we talk about your menu. So the menu is broken down into several steps. The first step is the cocktail hour conversation. So those are those moments where you're not actually like you're just introducing yourself into your market. Maybe this is your content strategy for Instagram, right? So I don't know you, but I go on your Instagram page what am I saying in the bio? What are you saying in the bio to attract people? These are those, you know, who are you? What do you do type conversations? But we don't realize we're having these conversations online. They may not be physical conversations, but it's still happening, but it's happening in this person's head when they go to your website, when they go to your social media platform and they're trying to figure out, is this somebody that I want to continue to engage with? Then we talk about the appetizer. So that's that first little thing that people take from you to kind of whet their appetite to see, hmm, I think I like them. I want to I wanna watch their YouTube video or I want to buy their book or something real light, not no you know big to do thing, but just that little thing that's going to take them to the next step, which is the main course, your signature 
signature offer, whatever you're presenting, that's the big dollars for you. And then we talk about your dessert. So for me, the dessert is the overall experience. So it's like, you don't necessarily need the dessert when you go to a party, but wow, when that dessert is banging, it just kind of puts this whole feeling over the whole event. Like, yo, that was a dope event. They did this and then they had some dessert with fire. That's how you feel like, they really took the time to cater to me. Same thing with your business. So you want to be able to create the ultimate experience from the moment somebody signs that credit card or whatever and says they want to work with you till the very end of that process. Because it's not just about getting the clients, but how do we keep them, nurture them, and make them feel good about spending their money with us? And then we talk about what I like to call the after party. So the after party is those other things that you can do to either wow your guests or to find more people in your market. So maybe you're looking to write books. Maybe you're looking to get media features. Maybe you want to be an influencer. We're taking the brand up an additional notch. We do all of that in the after party. So that's the known program in a nutshell. Oof. Mm. I know. <laughs> Take it in. Did you, did you get that? Did you get it? Have you ever helped like coach a a podcast? Like somebody came to you and said, "I have this podcast. I want to take your 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 known coaching program." Have you ever has has anybody from a podcast industry ever went through the the known um, coaching program? So I've had clients who have a podcast, but I have not worked with somebody that that's all they do is podcasts. But I have clients who have a podcast that they're looking to grow or take to the next level. I've had clients who have hired my agency to set up their podcast and help their podcast get more, you know, views, listens, etc. Um, yeah, so I guess that would be the answer to that question. So do you think okay. that, um, oh, go ahead, Glam. No, no, go ahead. I'll go, ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll go after you. Okay, so do you think that, shoot, now I lost my frame of thought. Let me think about that for a second. I was talking about podcasting. Okay, you go ahead, Glenn, because I lost my All frame right. of thought. All over the place. I'll, what do you tell your customers, your clients, because you know what they, what they say, yesterday's price is not today's price. What do you teach them about, about knowing your worth with their brand? Like, what, what do you, how do you, you know, teach them along the lines of that kind of stuff? Like, what do you, how do you deal with them with that as far as that I concept? Am, a big yesterday's price is not today's price. I am a big advocate right. for that. <laughs> 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 Enough. Um, we low ourselves and we personally do not know our worth, which is why I spend the first part of my program is on that, not necessarily raising your price, but making sure that you understand your worth and that you are confident in what you are putting out. Because if you don't feel good about what you're doing, and if you're not confident about it, you're going to be uncomfortable to talk about price when it gets down to the, so how much is this? You are not, you, you're going to feel like you got to over deliver every time. You got to throw all of these things into what you offer so that people see the value. And that's just simply not true. Um, I'm not, I am an advocate of charging as much as you feel you're worth, but that, 
is is twofold. You got to understand the value in what you possess and that you have a gift that only you can give. Me and Raina could be doing the same exact thing, but she's not going to deliver it the way that I deliver it and vice versa. And that doesn't make either one of our ways wrong. We have our own secret sauce that we add to it. And that might be important to you and not to her or whatever the case may be. But each of us has our group of people that are for us. And once you realize that and you realize that you are powerful in your words and your deeds and what you do, it doesn't matter what you charge. And we all deal with that because I dealt with that. In fact, I'm getting ready to raise the price to my program. And I'm like, I know I should, but I could probably get more people at this price, but it's not not even about that because I've come to find, I'm going to be very honest with you guys, I get more quality people enrolling in my program when at, at my higher price than it is now from where I started. You get people who don't value you or they expect the moon for $2, right? And, mm -hmm. and people who are investing in you and they realize they're, they're really investing in themselves, but they see that you're the person that's going to get them to wherever they need to go. They're going to spend the money and they're going to be least likely to complain about it. And they're going to be most likely to understand your value. And so sometimes we think undercutting ourselves, being cheaper than the next person is the benefit, but you're going to, you're going to attract price shoppers. So when they find somebody that's less than you, they're just going to cut you and go to that person. You don't want to work with those kind of people. Right. Right. So, how do you? But like, in the in 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 the certain industries, right? There should be like a, a certain market value, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to kind of stay in that playing field as well, right? So you have to do your own research, or should you just be saying, "Well, this is it doesn't matter what the market says, and these other people, you know, for the most part, are charging. This is what I charge." I would lean to more, more towards the latter, which is it doesn't matter what other people are charging. Now, I definitely am a big advocate of knowing your market and doing research. But at the end of the day, the decision is up to you. You just be you need to be able to communicate your value and why I charge what I charge because of blah, 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 and blah. And you need to be able to stand behind that. And if people if that's not for them, that's OK. It's for somebody, though. So I don't like, I'd like to know what's happening in my market, of course, but I don't like to compare myself and I encourage my clients not to do the same because you don't know what they doing behind the doors, how they came up with their price. You don't know what it's costing them to deliver whatever they're delivering. You cannot base your prices off of what somebody else is doing. You got to know your numbers and how it's going to affect your bottom line and what you need to feel like I'm making money, I'm being successful, I'm paying my bills, whatever that is. Nobody can determine that but you. Mm. Do you think um, as far as like and not taking out ads more so in advertising for other people where people are coming to you and saying, can you post this for me? Is that a good way of generating revenue, especially for a podcast? Because there is, we, I mean, we have our merch and we, you know, and, and things of that nature. And definitely we want to be um, being able to get like media jobs and, and things of that nature. But we're trying to find ways to build revenue when it's just the podcast. Right. So it's not a business with the podcast. It really just the, the business is the podcast. So my suggestion with any podcast to this magnitude, you treat it the same way that you would treat the um you know, entertainment world, the television world, whatever you want to call it. We don't pay. Well, now we do. But back in the days, we didn't pay to watch TV, right? They made their money off of advertising. So yes, if somebody wants to get in front of your audience, your job is to take the time to 
build your audience so that you can say, now I have X amount of views. I have X amount of people watching my shows. I have X amount of downloads, X amount of listens. This is who my audience is comprised of. And these advertisers want to get in front of that audience and they have to pay you in order to get in front of that audience. Now you guys having merch and other things, you can be as selective as you want as to who you decide to be an advertiser. You don't want an advertiser that might be a competitor to you that sells the same things as you. So you work with people that complement what you do, but you definitely want to be able to build up your audience enough so that you can then say, Hey, this is what we're worth. We know our value and you want to get in front of our audience. Here's how we can help you do that. You pay us and then we'll play your commercial on our show. And should we be selective in who we allow to like, like say if there's someone who just comes on with a, a, either a product or a service or something that just really doesn't align or we don't, we are not interested in right per se. Is that someone we, sh we should still use to advertise them to make the money? Or should we be selective in who we actually take money from and advertise for? So I'm going to ask you this question, both of you. So when you're right. on a page of somebody that you really like and you follow, and then you see that they have 511 uh, posts on their page promoting somebody's ad or something because we've all seen where we see somebody that's just like putting out stuff da, 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 and it's like yo this is not even entertaining anymore like all you doing is hit me in the head with ads like i didn't come here for that how does that make you feel right you don't like that as the viewer so that's the same thing that's going to happen on the other end your audience knows you guys they know what you you know what you're about what you represent and this goes for you guys and that goes for anybody else listening to this your audience feels like, and the, and the whole thing is you want to make your audience feel like you guys are a community. You guys are a tribe. So when somebody else rolls up to the scene that don't belong in this tribe, in this community, it's like, what? why are you showing us this again? I don't understand what purpose this has. It makes you look inauthentic. So I highly suggest that you do not promote anything that you don't stand by. I work with a lot of people who are influencers and, you know, it's very easy to be like, ooh, this check they about to drop on me to talk about whatever. But if it is not in alignment and if you personally have not, you and, and you don't have to try everybody's product, but in some cases you might need to try somebody's product before you start promoting it. Especially in the healthcare industry, you telling people to take pills and make all these edges fall out. You got to be careful with that, right? So mm. you want to be extremely selective when you select advertisers. Mm. What, what, how would you rebrand somebody? Like if someone needed this damn control, someone says something, they need to come to you because they need to be rebranded because their image is looking tainted and they have to come back out there, you know, looking different. How, how would you start with rebranding a person or, or a restaurant with a bad name, maybe because the food isn't good or they, you know, they have bad reviews? How, how do you start the process of rebranding them to, to get them back in a good, you know, in a good eye of the public? That's a great question. I'm actually working with a restaurant on that very same thing right now. Um, so what I can tell you is first we, we, we dig into what the issue was in the beginning. Like, what are people saying about your business? And so what I have come to find and with people in those situations is that they don't really pay attention to the feedback or they don't even ask for feedback from their clients because sometimes we have, there's that chance that they're going to say something we don't want to hear. So we don't ask for it. 
but then they'll find another way to express their discomfort with something that you did. And now it's on Yelp or it's on Google or it's wherever and, and it's affecting your business. So first you want to address what the issue is, why this issue is happening. It could be a breakdown, like for example, with a restaurant, it could be a break. It doesn't have to be you personally, but it could be a breakdown with your hiring process. You're not hiring good enough people that's putting out good enough food. The food is trash or they're not keeping the food safe. So people are getting sick. You got to get to the root of whatever that issue is so we can eliminate and take that issue and get it out of here. Then we find ways to breathe fresh new life into the business. So does that mean we need to maybe revamp your offer or revamp your menu, make it exciting, figure out now we got to do some market research. What are people interested in? Where is there a gap that maybe you can step in and fill? Nobody's doing it or nobody's doing it like this. So we're going to take that market to get people's attention to what we're doing now. Give your brand a fresh look. So maybe if for a restaurant, you know, we renovate the place and make it new. We all see the shows where they come in and whip it up real nice. You know, that's exciting. People might just come just to see that. Or it might be a situation where you rebrand yourself, you create a new logo, you create a new website, you clean up your social media. So now it looks new and it looks fresh. Work on your messaging so that you are connecting with the right people. And sometimes you might have to be like, yo, we messed up, but here's how we're going to make it better. People love to see that you are taking ownership of whatever the issues are. They don't want to see that you just glazing over it and you don't care about them. So those are all, you know, things that you want to consider if you're in that situation. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of people out there rebranding. A lot of people out there make a lot of mistakes, you know. Absolutely, so that's why your services are very necessary. <laughs> my point exactly. That's why your point. That's why we here. That's why we here. Absolutely. We definitely are trying to uh, get back in the good graces of Instagram. IG. Well, I mean, yeah. So we somebody went to follow us the other day, and when they went to follow us, Instagram sent them a message and was like, "Do you?" Do you want to follow this page? Because they've had uh, <laughs> what they, yeah, what they man, say? they've been doing that lately to cats, and I don't like that. They yeah, like, they, oh, this, this page has been known to post. Oh yeah, oh, we that's what, yeah, yeah. That I was like, oh shit, that was the hell. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Kidding me? Even when I look into, like, if I go into the search and look for a Truth Be Told, so shout out to all the other Truth Be Told podcast people out there. Let me tell you something. Y'all about to be shut down soon, but we're going to let y'all rock for a little while. But all this to say is that when I go to look for us and search, all of these others come up before mine, before mm -hmm. our page. I we have the most followers in any of them. Really? I really Literally have to type out the entire name in order for us to come up. You know how you could put like little, like the first three letters, four letters, and we won't even, you have to type up the entire name for us to even show up in the search bar. Hmm. Like, do you use um, hashtags in your posts? You do use hashtags in your posts. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's mm -hmm. what I'm going to tell you because um, can I give you guys a, a quick um, I don't know what to call it, but it's a coaching moment. Yes, please. Okay. So I know that I've seen this before in your post. I'm not 100% sure if you guys are still doing this, to be honest with you, because I don't like read every hashtag. But I, I feel like I've seen this before in your post, and a lot of people do this, right? And so this is one of the things that can get you, quote, unquote, shadow banned, or they um, flag 
your account. My account actually got flagged um, many years ago because I was using a hashtag that was banned and or you're using a hashtag that is not in alignment with what you're posting. So a lot of times people will use trendy words because that's what everybody's talking about, but your actual post is not about that. Instagram hates that because that's like, um, what is it called? Uh, there's a word for it, but it's like you're baiting people to come to your page and it's not really what it's, it's not really what it is. And so if you're just using like keywords that's popping right now and you put that in your post and believe me, they have their bot and robot and algorithm system is off the chain. I don't know if y'all saw that movie on Netflix. I forgot what it's called as the social dilemma. Watch that movie. Mm. Their algorithm is off the chain. They can pick up anything from using machines but they also have real people whose job it is to sit there and just watch people's content and if mm. they don't like your content or if you say a word that's inappropriate they'll flag you and so and they won't mm. tell you sometimes they will but most times they don't so you might want to go back look at your stuff look at the hashtags that you've been using if they're not in alignment with your post you don't need to be using them because nine times out of 10, when you get shadow banned, that is what the problem is. The other thing that you guys have to consider is that you have a page that can be controversial because you're asking people's opinions, right? So you're asking people to share their views. And sometimes when you're in a situation where people are sharing views, whether negative or positive, that can stir up something that's also something that could potentially get your account flagged because that can that can cause a problem. And you and I, we all know that Instagram and other platforms have gotten in a lot of trouble recently over the years because they've been posting things and creating, you know, size and with politics and all of these other things. So they have really buckled down on creating posts. I had I had sent a DM to Chris. This was a couple months ago. I don't know what I said, but you know how we talk. So I was slick at the mouth. And I'm talking in the DMs to my brother. And sure enough, Instagram was like, we won't be sending this DM because these are inappropriate words. And I was like, what? Damn. <laughs> you click talking. Huh? I don't remember specifically what I said, but whatever I said, they didn't like it. And they was like, no, ma'am, you won't be sending this DM. So I'm telling you, they're looking at what they're saying. Like that, but I've had I had made a comment and it wasn't even nothing crazy, but they were like, Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they blocked that. Any bullying or any type yes. of negative, they see some, yeah, yes. they clearly, they shut like that down. That's what it was. I was saying something slick to him because you know how we talk to each other, and they must have thought I was a bully. They was like, No, ma'am, do not do that. And if you do it again, we will shut you down. I was like, Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting that now that is interesting so that that so with like uh, um with the shade room you know how they post that we don't um which is which is sounds so crazy because they to me i think the shade room is like super messy right mm -hmm. like they, they post up and they but then in 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 the post somewhere now they have like this little disclaimer like we do not um promote oh, violence so do you think that's because of, you know, what they, you know, like people be arguing in the I'm comments? Sure. And I will tell you that a lot of celebrities and people of power have complained about their page because 
millions of people look at that page and you know they're posting things and we i don't but a lot of people put in their comments and a lot of people out there in these streets are crazy right so you put something up there and they feel like they're just reporting the news they're not saying anything that you can't find any place else but then these people comment and then they go to the person's page and then they you know send hate messages and all of these other things so you got to be super careful with those types of things i'm pretty sure that's why they put that disclaimer out there um and you know ain't nobody care what they saying but to protect them they have to do that is that something that you think that we may uh want to start doing as well because being that this platform right truth be told and so we always discuss and when we when we go on lives and we 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 discuss topics we always say that you have to remember that somebody else's truth may not be your truth right and so the reason why we have this platform is to be able to speak about these different truths and and respectfully we try to do it respectfully but just knowing that somebody else's truth is not your your, your own truth they may two people can go in like i always say this two people could go in and have the same situation together like be in whatever circumstance and they could come out with two totally different versions of what exactly happened. And then I just say is 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 that other is one person's truth more valuable or or more truer than the other? No, everybody just has their different truths. So because of that, you know, there's times that we've had people, you know, come in in the comments and somebody sharing their truth and they're like just going in and I'm like, "Hey, wait a minute, you guys have to be respectful." So I always try to say that but I just now knowing what you're saying I'm thinking that maybe we should be putting disclaimers like when we when when we do especially if it's something that like truthful Tuesdays or a topic or something like that and people put their comments in we may want to say you know always be respectful people truth or, or something to that effect so that you know Instagram will know that we're trying to play naive. Yes, I would. I mean it doesn't hurt it's not going to hurt your page to do that. So I would definitely consider just making that a part of when you post and you put your hashtags or whatever in there, you put that line in there with it too. Hmm. Or we could just hunt the person that owns Instagram down and uh, do something crazy. Oh, oh, oh. I want the truth. I want the truth. I didn't say that. <laughs> you ain't say that. You say that. You wonder why we be shadowing. <laughs> we from the Bronx. We from the Bronx. Remember. We from the Bronx. Yeah, but we can't handle the truth. Whatever your name is, sorry. I want to take this totally off topic because I do want to ask you a question. Um, I'm not going to ask you this question because I feel like it's super controversial with, right now. But what do you think? Um, and I was going to ask this on the Truthful Tuesdays, but I'm just going to ask it now. So there's a DJ uh, by the name of DJ Drewski. And he put out recently, I think it was yesterday or in the last couple of days, he put out a statement stating that he will no longer, I think he's on the radio, he will no longer be playing rap music that contains any like bullying, any any like talking about gangster rap and or like a diss record because he feels like I'm not going to continue to promote this culture um, too many of my friends have been, you know, have lost their lives to gun violence and this, then the third. And some people were like complaining, stating that this is like a censorship to rap. What is your take on that? Mm, I mean, I, that's his choice. We don't have to agree with it. I mean, the reality is we are definitely influenced by the music 
that we hear and the culture that we are brought up. I think you and I would be very different people <laughs> had we not listened to the music we listened to and <laughs> lived where we lived, right? So we're influenced by what's around us. And we, certain people are able to take what they hear and realize this is not reality or this is not my reality or this doesn't mean I should go and now do this thing that somebody else is talking about. But a lot of people don't. And a lot of, unfortunately, young kids are influenced by what they hear and they don't have a sense of reality yet. They can't conceptualize that. So some people feel that way. Um, and I mean, at, at, at the end of the day, people have freedom of speech to say whatever they want. It's that DJ's choice or anybody's choice to promote that or not promote it and say, I'm not going to play this if that's how he feels. That's his opinion. I mean, it does have some valid points, but then that means we shouldn't play any music. Because if we're talking about that, then, you know, what about the songs that talk about love and sex and all of these things that we're singing about as eight-year-old kids? We don't know. Listen, we listen to songs that we listen to now. I'm like, yo, I was saying that at 10 o'clock, 10, 10 years old in the car. Like, Randy, ask your question. Remember that whole color be bad? We were in fifth grade. Man, Six listen. Up to that in okay. there without dance moves and all that. Okay? So. Hold on. Uh, so Miranda with the hat. The, what? She want to ask a question. Miranda, ask a question. Post it. Post your question, Miranda. Any questions? Anybody who has any questions? I know Miranda says. Post your question. questions. We almost finished. Post your questions. Isn't there a way for them to post their questions where we can see them without? Yeah, I'll try to tell. She, it's ways to do it. I'm trying to. I don't know how to do it. They should know how to ask those you, questions in that box. What there. they need to do, this, Duncan, you know how to do it. Yeah, so you should see. Well, you guys probably don't, but we, we well, y'all should still see it. There should be a little question bubble at the bottom. Push that. Yeah, there you button, go. And then ask your question and send it, and they will get the question popped up to them. And the question, and you that question bubble. The hit the question comment. bubble. Yes, in the question bubble. Because when you put your questions in the comments, you know, as comments, goes up. you can't see them and yeah. it becomes more difficult. And I'm telling you, right, you know, that if you have the questions, please. Uh, wait. They, go, they go to question. We can capture it. Uh. Multiple talents. How do you brand yourself? Say that. I didn't hear it. Say it again. If you have multiple talents. How do you brand yourself? So you got to focus on, again, that question of what is it that you want to be known for, right? So you're going to, you have to lead with something because you don't want to be a jack of jill of all trades because we know what that is. Jack of jill of all trades, master of none. You don't want to be looked at as a master of none. You're not the cheesecake factory of whatever you do, right? We know we can go there. We know the food is good, but it's so, the menu's so overwhelming. They got so many foods from all over the place. When you really looking for a, spe a specific dinner that you want to spend a lot of money on, you ain't going to the cheesecake factory. Same thing for you. I don't know what you sell, but focus on one thing. Get that one thing going, and then you can introduce other other avenues and other aspects of your business and your brand, but solidify that one thing. And I usually try to tell people, focus on what I like to call the lowest hanging fruit, the easiest thing that you can put out, the easiest thing that's going to make you the quickest amount of money to get you started and get you going. And then we can start picking from higher um, branches from the tree. But let's start with that lowest hanging fruit first and establish yourself as the go-to blah 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 for this and then you lay it on after i'm gonna ask you a question i'm gonna ask you a left question i'm gonna ask you a left left question 
A left. It's left. Okay. Left. Oh, I don't know what you thought I said. It. I, I, thought know. It was a love question. I was like, look now, I don't love questions on this show. No, 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 left question. <laughs> would you, what if a, what if, this is going to sound crazy. What if a stripper came to you and said, help me brand myself? What would you, how would you brand a stripper? I know it's a crazy question. I, I got to ask, because that's just a competition out there. You know, a lot of them trying to get dollars. They might be watching. So might be about be in the chat room. I, I love y'all, but I don't work with strippers. I work with <laughs> coaches. Come on now. You got to be equal opportunity. Players. Everyone out here trying to get the dollar now. Um, but I would say what I would say to anybody, you know, know your market first. Like there's a thousand strippers out there. What makes you different from somebody else? Why should I get throw my dollars at you versus throwing my dollars at him or vice versa, right? What what's gonna be your thing that your your thing that you add differently that makes it unique that people want to come and see you specifically? Focus on that. Mm. Because Cardi B made a Cardi B Cardi B's a perfect example. Yeah. Cardi B's a perfect example. Mm -hmm. She made millions of dollars not branding herself, being entertaining. So yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think that it was because she was a stripper. I think it was more so her personality that got her to where she was at. You know, like her... That's she what I'm said, saying. To say, I don't think... You know, I think the stripping portion was just a part of, you know, her journey. But I think more so that the reason why she's gained so much fame is because of her personality and just saying whatever she wants. When she, and she don't give a rat's ass about who, whatever she says, you know, and I think that's what it, I think that was mainly what it was. True, but, but, she, but that same thing, not to cut you off as I cut you off, that same <laughs> thing is what sparked that curiosity for people to want to see her strip like yo i gotta see this you know what i'm saying even after those days were done and now she's a superstar you still trying to google cardi b stripping to see what that looked like Facts. Facts. yeah can you find it is it google no, i don't think google that. Uh, I mean, yeah i think uh, there's a couple i don't know if, I, if I it's on there now but i think there's a couple things check my browser later not the cardi b not the cardi b wow vanilla you just came in you're late Anyway, anybody got any other questions? Anybody got any questions? You think Cardi B being herself is good for her brand? Like, she's, I'm not saying she's not the most articulate person. I don't think she, yeah, I think it'd be a, a stretch for her to try to be anything about herself, honestly. That works for her. Because nobody, who else do you know that is like her? No one. And that's what makes her right. unique. She brought, she, even though, you know, people have a lot of opinions about her, there's no one like her. And with that yeah. being said, people are attracted to that. Even if they hate her, they, they are still attracted to her in some way or fashion or form. I mean, you know, like there's people who in freaking probably Nebraska, if somebody said Cardi B and they know who she is or something mm -hmm. about her, right? right. So she has become a household name. And I think, I think a lot of people were attracted to the personality because I think that things things that she she says in the public a lot of people will only say amongst their friends in private right mm -hmm. they they will they for a lot of different reasons not because you know they feel like you know i have a certain image to uphold and i would never say something like this out in the public right because people would not know how to receive me and i think that because of that people live vicariously through her because she was able she was saying the things that they would only say in private right she, 
you know, she would oh, like, you know, there's things that, you know, when we get together and we start cutting up or whatever, but we would never put that out in, 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 in public forums for people to come back to us and be like, is that, is that, <laughs> is that what she you know, you nobody got time for that. Right. What the most is, uh, did, did she really say? So, you know, I think that that also was empowering to people because they just lived vicariously through her. Mm-hmm. So, and shout out to, um, to, to, to Cardi. I have to say when I first, you know, I didn't watch any of what I called Ratchet TV. Mm-hmm. I heard about her for so long. And then the first time that I actually went to, um, research her, I was kind of taken back. Right. And I was like, wow, you know, cause my opinion, not that anything she said was something that I would have never said. I was more so like, wow, you know, like I would never say something like that because I know that there's young girls watching or things of that. Like I feel a certain responsibility for the things that I put out, but I have to say that, um, she's gained me as a fan. You know, I was not a fan at first and I just saw not only her personality and just how she was just like who she was, but I saw how hard she worked. Mm -hmm. That gained me as a fan. She was a hard working young lady. Like she was like hit the ground running before her first album. She was just putting, doing her thing. And that's what gained me. And then when I finally heard her album, I was official fan that, that, you know, and I have to say that, you know, I wasn't at first because of, I, and that's my own personal things. Like, you know, we, we, we try not to be judgmental, but I think that sometimes we judge people by, mm-hmm. book, you know, the, you know, the cover instead of the book. And in my own way, I said, wow, you know what I'm saying? She actually gained me as a fan. So, you know, that's just, that's my Cardi B like story. So shout out to her. Um, anybody else have any questions? Um, Better ask now before we leave. Let her go. Yeah, don't be. Don't be. She ain't gonna bite you. She ain't gonna bite you now. No, let you ask some stupid. She knows, you know, like don't be trying to DM us now. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, can you act? No, you gonna have to. Like, by the way, I just wanted to get this off my chest. Nah, you're not gonna do that with us. You gonna ask the damn question now? (laughs) You better. You better come. You know what I'm saying? I know a good question. I have a good question for Lejo. What should people look at looking for at a logo for a logo? What should people look how to structure their logo? What should people how should people go about doing that? What would you recommend? Colors, style, simple patterns. Like, what would you recommend somebody? Uh, All right. I personally, this is just my personal opinion, but people could do whatever the heck Mm -hmm. they want to do. I like simplicity, and I like to create things that you are not going to get tired of seeing. Like you want to create something that, you know, five years down the line, 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, you still going to feel proud about what you created. And sometimes we create stuff that it's trendy because this is the font that everybody's using or these colors go together. And then in five years, it's whack. And now you looking at it like, yo, this, this logo is trash. And there's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. updating and rebranding yourself, but you want to try to get as close to something that you will love for life um, because you don't want to keep changing your logos and things like that because then people are confused and there's no consistency. If Nike kept changing their logo every you know couple years, it's like, what are we doing here? You know what I'm saying? Right. How do you think McDonald's was able to just make that solidify that brand, just make it a household name? How do you think 
a company like that was able was able to. You think it was the branding mostly, or more the food that was the bigger impact to the culture? Uh, definitely not the food, because I mean the food. Yeah. We're not we're not gonna lie. Food like, is not. Nobody like to eat McDonald's. McDonald's hits the spot when it needs to, but everybody knows that food. Yeah, but, branch, but right? something about that Archer though. When we grew up, that Archer was everything. That, you know, sure you, was. you know, it sure was. But at the end of the day, McDonald's is a real estate company. They're not a food company. You know what I'm saying? So they were everywhere. They found themselves in, in all kinds of markets. Of course, it's quick. It's easy. It, it caters to when that brand was created. It catered to that working class people that didn't have time to sit there and cook stuff. It was just the, and it was cheap. It had all the right, you know, the right DNA to be successful. And then they threw them up everywhere. So you can't get away from it. That's how our parents, I even started off when I became a parent, like I ain't going to be giving my kids McDonald's. But of course they see it. They know how to get your attention with the colors and the toys and the this and oh. that. And when, a, and when a cat don't feel like cooking, y'all want McDonald's? <laughs> we going to get some McDonald's. So, okay. You know, I want the truth. Mm -hmm. question. Uh, where does one start to figure out one's brand? Where does one start to figure out one's brand? I would say I'm still going to go back to what you want to be known for, right? So whatever that product or service is, how do you want to, what do you want to be known for? And really think about, I'm a big proponent of creating a business and a brand around you. People don't really say that. They'll be like, oh, you got to serve your customers and your customers are always right. I do not agree with that. Now, yes, you do want to create a product or service that people are going to buy, right? But you, it, you have to fall in love with it first. So you have to think about some of the things that you love to do that you would be, you would do for free, that you love to do. But yet you can get paid for it. Now, I will tell you, when you start to think about branding yourself or you're thinking about a business idea, we always tend to go for that thing that we love. I just had a, a client session with somebody today and she was talking about how she's a chef and she was cooking, you know, as a hobby. She, ha she was an insurance underwriter for 20 something years and she decided to embark on becoming a personal chef and she quit her insurance job. And then she started to hate cooking because... Now, this is the thing that she has to do in order to feed herself and her family. And it comes with a whole nother level of pressure that she didn't have when she was cooking for fun. So it took the joy and the love out of it. So this is why I'm saying don't necessarily just jump into something because you're great at it. Jump into something that you can feel you can do. I will continue to work this same level for free but I want to learn how to get paid at it. And then think about what you want to be known for and how you want to impact people. And is there a problem out in the market or like I mentioned earlier, a gap that you can fill where you can come in and own that space? Mm. That's my friend. Good. Sound <laughs> advice. Very sound advice. Very sound advice. Friend. Let me just tell you, because you know, you know my level and caliber of friends. <laughs> Is it real quick before I let you? Is it is it is there anything untapped? Is there anything untapped that we, that people should look at just just try out? Um, I mean, I think, there's a lot of things that just haven't been. I think so. Um, I mean, I can't. My brain ain't functioning to list them all off, but I do feel no, no, like, no, no. especially the way the market is shifting. You know, there's a there's been so many jobs that have been created now that we would have never even thought about jobs that exist today 
that are high paying jobs didn't exist 10 years ago and so forth and so on. Especially, I will tell you this, one of the things that I, I'm actually working with my son on this and, and um, he's like really big into learning how to create NFTs and I'm like, NF, I don't know nothing, like I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so mm -hmm. I, he's working with one of my best friends here in Atlanta to help him create graphics and learn how to create his own NFTs. He's 11 years old. I'm like, go for it. That's yeah, where man. the industry is going with this whole metaverse. That's a whole nother market because that's a whole virtual world that people want to buy stuff and do things and have a whole life in that market. And so that's an untapped resource because nobody really knows what to do in that space yet. Right. So the people that know and they're jumping on it, they're going to make a buku amount of cash. That is an industry that I feel, you know, if you're looking to do something different and, and do something that is going to change the trajectory of the world. Definitely mm -hmm. look into that. But also, sometimes it's just the simple things. I think our brains are just so, like, over-pushed. Um, I know that's not a real word, but y'all know what I'm trying to say. Like, everybody's trying to do the next best new thing. And we uh -huh. forgot about the things that really matter, like picking up the phone and having a conversation with people, like writing a letter to somebody and receiving things in the mail. Maybe the things that we've forgotten people can go and bring them back and breathe new life into them. And just think about how can I impact people in a different way? Wow. Mm. So I, I have an, another question. What do you think about hiring like a Instagram marketer, like to help you with your page or somebody who you can hire to post for you? Like you, you know, what do you think about pe people doing that? Should that be something that you do on your own or should that something be something that you start to outsource later on as your business grows and things of that nature? Wonderful question. My honest answer is you should learn initially the fundamentals of creating your own content. You do not want to leave that up to someone else because it's not their business. It's yours. Now, my agency provides... I have amazing social media managers that do an amazing job at capturing someone else's voice and then creating the content so that you don't know it's not them posting online. Ultimately, you want to give that job to somebody else. We don't see CEOs of these major corporations sitting. I mean, some of them do, but they doing it for fun. They're not doing it because they have to, right? Ultimately, you want to outsource as many of those responsibilities as you can so you can be the ceo of your business and let your business run like a real company and not to say you have to have team members for it to be a real company but ultimately you don't want to be that's not a good usage of your time now if you enjoy doing that go for it but i still feel like you need to learn the fundamentals of it so that you can communicate to a social media manager or somebody on your team what you want your brand voice to be, what you want your content to look like. They're the expert and they'll take your ideas and they'll make them amazing. But you got to know what you want first. And if you don't even know how that rolls and you hire somebody and they decide, I don't want to work with you no more. I'm doing something else. You a fish out of water because you don't know what to do. Right. And you don't know how to communicate what they did to somebody else. So that would be my answer to that. Uh, as far as our our uh, brand is concerned and posting, so we're trying, you know, we're trying to find different ways, like, of course, to get back our engagement and things of that nature. 
So what if we post things that are like funny? So should that be something like entertaining or something that's funny? Should that be something that we sprinkle in or should it be something that we, you know, it's a balance of things that thought provoking or, or, um, dialogue provoking topics, but also, you know, a balance of some, something that's entertaining or should just be a sprinkle here and there. So that is a great question and I'm going to answer it in two ways. So my first response is that I always preach that your page or your post, your content should do two things. It should educate and entertain um, because people want to learn new things. And when you give people a different way to think about something or you introduce a new concept or you're the first person to post about something, you know, big that happened, they're going to remember where they first heard that story they're going to remember when they first heard about something on your page or they see something that's funny nine times out of ten when people go on instagram we'll just talk about instagram they're going on instagram to be entertained they're scrolling they're in between you know working on something at work or whatever they're on the train they're doing whatever they're bored they are bored and they're getting on the platform to be entertained, which is why reels and all of those things do so well because people get to be entertained. But you can also educate them and educating doesn't mean you necessarily have to teach something. But if they're learning something new or they're getting a piece of information from your page, your page now becomes a trusted source to confirm or deny something, right? Or to know if truth be told posted it, then it got to be true right? Because they are consistent with the stuff that they're doing. So, but that also depends on what you want your brand to be known for. If you want your brand to be known as a kind of all around, we do a, a little bit of everything, then that's what you do. If you're more on the funny side, you want to stick to that. Because if you post funny stuff and then you throw in this serious topic, it's like, whoa, whoa, what is this? I didn't come here for this and vice versa. So you got to figure out what you want it to be, but then just stick to that and mix it up. And have a happy balance. Yes. You know, definitely, that's something that you just have to plan out, though. You really have to think about Absolutely. it. And so what I encourage my clients to do is we create a social media calendar where it just makes it that much easier for you to, you don't want to have to post up out of a rabbit. Oh, what am I going to post today? That's why people don't post as much as they want, because they're still trying to figure it out day to day. Don't do that to yourself. Create a calendar. On Mondays, I post about this. On Tuesdays, and y'all got that. On Tuesdays, y'all do this. On Wednesdays, we do this. On Thursdays, we do that. So you already know. All right, so for the next week or for the next two weeks, I need two posts on this, two posts on that, vice versa. Then you go, and I encourage people to what's called batch your content. So I take a day with my team. And we come up with ideas for reels. We come up with ideas for anything that I need to post. And as much as we can create at that moment, I'm going to create 15 reels today, right? You ain't going to see all 15 today. I'm going to post them. Well, I'm going to create them. I'm going to put them in my drafts. And then we schedule those things out. That alleviates that pressure of you trying to figure out what to post, but you got to have an outline first so you can go in there with a, a list of, okay, so we need to look like this. We need you doing this. One of the other things that I do is I have a folder. You can create folders in your Instagram. And when I, and I have different folders for different things. So when I see a Reels idea that I like, I save it in that folder. 
if I see a post idea that I like and I want to recreate it or make it my own or it just gives me an idea to do something similar, I save that. So then I go back and I look at these things and I'm like, okay, great. These are my ideas for the month. You're so smart. <laughs> You're so kind. You're so smart. <laughs> we got to work. We got to work. got to work. See, this is why I needed her on because I love it. You know, this is my friend, my sister. No, but seriously, like so much information, so much great information. And why, what I did walk away for, and I know I moved it and it's probably in a business folder and I don't want to stay away for too long is I wanted to show you, uh, cause you know, I did buy the, uh, Instagram Bible books. I, I tried, to, you know, I, I support my this friends. Book, thank you. This yes. Is the book that you bought. All right. Yeah. This is my Instagram Bible. This was actually my one of my most favorite books to write because um, it's colorful and nice. Wow. And it also has like a posting schedule and stuff in the back, so you can write out your stuff and your ideas. But yeah, this. So I want you to show all um, rain, bang, bang. I'm shut up. Leave my bang. I'm not sitting. Bang alone. Uh, any of your other books handy or uh, you know i don't think so let me check real quick because i am out of stock but this is the brand bible that i have oh, i actually know i don't have the instagram bible is that is what I, okay. I have the brand bible the brand bible i'm gonna order the instagram bible you send me that link and i will order it it's on amazon all of them are on amazon you just put my name in amazon search and these books will come up this is the escape plan book i ain't got the other ones but those were the main oh wait a minute now where's that other book i gotta find it now yeah this was my very first one that i wrote yeah yeah so what's that? What's that called? What's that one called? This one is called Crush the Competition: How to Go from Overlooked what? to Overbooked, Create a Brand Dripping with Your Personality and a Tribe of Raving Fans. I will never create a thing this long again. But that was this was my first <laughs> goal. <laughs> you got to read it. Like, what did I say? Uh, yeah. So this is it. This is this is my baby, baby. So I right. want you to. Um, where if anybody's interested, give us all the information of so Amazon. If you if you're looking for her on Amazon, it's Tamisha Duncan. Her name is at the bottom. It's pins. Um, but totally sent you to be a part of. I know your your known um coaching. It happens every so often. So if you miss the deadline, you have to wait until it goes again. So please, when's when's the new uh, the next one starting? Yes. Yeah, so the next known program is starting February fifteenth. Um, I'm actually going to be doing a live training. Um, you have to apply to come to the training. It's not open to the public. It's free to attend the training, but you do have to fill out the application. So um, just make sure you follow me on Instagram, which I'm Tamisha Duncan practically everywhere, um, except TikTok. I think I'm Tamisha Duncan XO because I don't know. I created my first page on TikTok when I really didn't care. And then I got rid of it. Don't know the password. Didn't know how to change it. And I was like, oh, this is a thing I got to learn and actually do. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. that was a um, 
but if you follow me on Instagram, um, actually, I would encourage everybody to follow me on Instagram. But also, I have a quiz. If you go on my Instagram and click the link in my bio, it's called What's Your Secret Sauce? Um, it's an amazing, fun quiz. It takes you 60 seconds, but it will help you to determine what your secret sauce is and how to use it in your brand. And then from that point, you'll be on my list. So you'll definitely get the details when I open Known Up and also when I'll be doing my live training on how to make people fall in love with your brand. Mm -hmm. And you have something cooking up, right? I saw I uh, I a reel, and I was like, "Who is she cooking up?" <laughs> she didn't I have a lot of things cooking up. I will be revealing them shortly. But yes, we are doing a lot of work here uh, at the Duncan Agency. Well, let me just say this: that you know, this is always a platform um, for you if you want to promote whatever you're doing that's coming out. Um, again, we would love to have you. Um, as a guest again um to promote whatever new things you're doing you know like this is a platform for you to definitely um promote yourself you know not just because you're my sister and my friend and i love you but because you have really good information and i definitely want to continue to make sure that we provide our truth tellers with all the information they may need especially if they are um going into business and branding and things of that nature and i want to thank you so much for taking your time out even at short notice um thank you thank you guys this was so fun and amazing i'm honored that you even asked me to do this um i love you deep to the core of my marrow and bone um and i don't know you as long as i've known Rainer, but i like you a lot no, that's fine oh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I rather you like me because that means you respect less of me. You know what I'm saying? See, Rain got more. You know, we got history though. We 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 go back into the y'all ain't, ain't drag no girls in the street now in the Bronx now. Y'all ain't drag. No, listen, I know y'all got some drag stories. We're not gonna answer that. Deny that on this platform. That's right. We're not, okay, we're not bullies. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> We will not do that. Yeah. But again, thank you. We appreciate you. You know I love you. I can't wait to see you. And I will be speaking to you now. You know, I'll hit you up um later or tomorrow. Okay. And we up. But again, everyone, Tamisha Duncan, thank you. Come on, let me get a